Hello and welcome to Dream Life Best Fit Role with me, Nikki Smith. I'm a psychologist and a career and business coach. I believe everybody can love their work and I help people to use their natural strengths to transform their work life and love their job. These podcast episodes shine a light on individuals who have created their dream life best fit role or business. I focus on how they've played to their natural strengths, those activities that energize and inspire them, and how they've conducted mini experiments to take the fear out of change and generate momentum. Hey everyone, I am delighted to be talking with Alex Tulio today. When I first met Alex, she had climbed the corporate ladder in banking and finance. She was working for a well-known bank. She was on the executive and she had transformed two of the biggest divisions. She was proud of the work she was doing and had done. However, something was wrong. She was being asked to dial down her strengths, such as creative thinking and her dynamicism to get things done. Her health was also giving her signs that there was something wrong at work. Like many people I meet, Alex wasn't sure whether she needed to make a small change or a bigger change. So that's what we came together to figure out. I wanted to help Alex figure out what is she on this planet to do? And we needed to make sure that the top ideas that we looked at matched her, her strengths, her interests and lifestyle needs. And then we wanted to look at, well, can we reshape things in her current workplace? So her current role or negotiate a different role in her current organization? Or does she need to look outside the organization and possibly outside the industry? And possibly looking at, does she want to be an employee or a business owner? So I can't wait to dive into the themes and topics tonight. Welcome, Alex. Thanks, Nikki. So great to be here. Brilliant. So let's begin with this crossroads because I think that's what people are fascinated with. What was going on for you when you were at this key career crossroad? You tell us a bit about your role and what was going on. So when I came across you, which was obviously the right timing as well, I probably had almost, I think, already a year of what I think of as a real roller coaster around my career. And what I mean by that is that I, if I reflect, I've had a, a really big corporate career and I've actually really enjoyed it. So this certainly isn't about, you know, me regretting anything in fact that I'd done I think that's actually the heart of the crossroads when I met you is that there was so much about my job that I loved but I also knew that it wasn't serving me anymore and I couldn't really find why that was or, or, or what an alternative was. So when I met you, my my role was a massive one, actually. I'd been at Bendigo Bank for about seven years and I'd been in on the group executive for probably about four or so of those. I'd been given a couple of big portfolios, but the role that I was doing when I met you was actually leading the biggest division in the bank, which was all the retail banking and business banking. So for anyone listening, you know, your classic banking, 500 branches, thousands of people, that sort of thing. So I think part of my dilemma was that I had this massive role and there were big parts of it that I really enjoyed. So anything to do with change and building teams and my people, but there was also a lot of it that wasn't working for me. So I really felt stuck because one, I think I was in that zone also of, I was really exhausted and overwhelmed. So I didn't have that objectivity to think through and I just couldn't see an alternative. So, but I think it was a combination of those things. I couldn't see anything outside of the corporate career that I'd carved out. I'd always been the corporate breadwinner. Greg, my husband, is self-employed. So I think that was a big part of it as well. I couldn't envisage a different option. Were there any other obstacles or worries standing in your way of navigating a change? Yes, a lot. So, but I think it probably came down to I, and it might sound odd given the role and roles I had done and was doing, but 
I really found it hard to articulate my strengths and what I was good at and to envisage how I would deploy those in a different way. So I actually think one of my, my biggest challenges was I, my identity, which actually came as a real shock to me, to be honest with you, but my identity was so closely tied with roles and titles and corporate brands that I found it really hard to separate out, well, if I wasn't doing this, what I would do. I think that was a that was a really big part. And I think because of my environment and because it was so fast paced and I was so busy and all those things, I also, I just couldn't think, I was definitely on the dance floor. I wasn't on the balcony. So I couldn't objectively navigate my way through what to do next. So I think that probably was my biggest obstacle was actually between my ears trying to work through what wasn't working for me and, and what an alternative could be. That's really common. So Alex, why don't we share what some of the early mini experiments were that you used to gain clarity and momentum? So early in the seven step career program, we uncover some dream role ideas. And some of those ideas are to just bring some fun and levity back into our lives. But some of them contain nuggets or kernels of potential dream roles for the future. Can you recall what some of those early mini experiments were and how they affected you? I remember we talked about a few and I do remember very clearly going, well, that's all well and good, but I can't see how any of these are ever going to happen. But, you know, it was everything from, you know, I was tossing up things around interior design. I wanted to really double down on learning Italian and other languages. I was toying with an idea around, could I actually work for myself and what would I do? So in all of those, I think the thing I found, once I let myself imagine in those possibilities without having to straight away go to, well, hang on, where's the proof that this is going to work? I remember, you know, you introduced me to quite a few of your contacts who either I remember actually travel was another one we were looking at you know could I do some sort of online travel business so you introduced me to quite a few of your contacts who were already doing it and I remember also that just simple things that you set for me as many experiments as you know could I actually amp up my Italian lesson say half an hour on a Saturday research an interior design course and I think I do remember very clearly at the time going well clearly that's not very much couldn't I just do more and I remember you saying to me you know we just need to try one thing or change one habit at a time and it takes you know a month and just small is good and and all that so that was really I think the start for me of being able to start to break things down and actually go you know it's okay to just try something small and of course once you do that the pressure of having an all or nothing approach or it's got to go big or go home kind of thing evaporates and it becomes a lot easier to just think in smaller steps and and feel like that's still okay. I love hearing that for so many reasons. (laughs) Yeah. And I think if you're an achiever out there, if you love taking on big projects and starting small can feel weird and just not fast enough. So your impatience will rise, but it is fascinating to see how after it wasn't in the first month, was it Alex? But actually after, uh, after maybe more like six to eight weeks, Mm -hmm. you okay, I'm getting this, I'm getting this, that there's power in connecting with these ideas, even if it's for an hour a week, there's power to that. And you're getting some of that joy and levity back in your work week as well. Yeah, and that's right because I actually, sorry, I was actually thinking about the dream lives that we were spitballing, but I think even you've just sparked something else is that the mini experiments actually also extended. And I think almost on reflection, this was a more important bit for me because I think you probably saw with me pretty early on, you had to try and make my work environment work for me again before I could actually think about what could be next. So some of the mini experiments I think we did from thinking back now were even about how I could dial up and dial down different strengths, what I could do in terms of 
things that weren't working for me, how could I approach them differently so they became more easeful? I remember one of, I think one of the most liberating mini experiments we actually did about my work environment was even just, you got me to work through based on my strengths, when I'm, what I like to do in the morning versus the afternoon, you know, when's my thinking time, all that sort of thing. And then actually put an out of office message on my email that said I'm available for calls after this time. And even though they're such small things, they, I think, were really the first steps that gave me space again in my head to actually take a breath and go, now I can actually start to enjoy thinking about what else could be. So you just sparked that for me when you said that. That was a really important part of the process for me. Absolutely. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who work hard, but also the role just gets bigger and bigger and gets more and more demanding. And so one of the things that I love that you catch on that one, Alex, that yeah, we're looking at actually reshaping your work week to play to your strengths. And one of these typical things I see By the way, I have to remind myself of this about every month or two as well, that when you get interrupted, it can take five to 45 minutes to rejoin a task. So if you're you're needing to do some deep thinking, strategic thinking or writing or do a presentation, whatever it is, as much as possible, you want to carve out quiet time. Now you can do it, book a quiet room, you can be working from home, but you know, having that out of office on your meeting schedule is very powerful. Telling the people in your immediate team is really powerful because that way you just boost your productivity significantly with that small but significant change. Yeah. I love that one. Yeah. That was a big one. Now, why don't we talk a bit about, so one of the brilliant ideas we uncovered early on was a running a business idea. So they're around interior design, travel, but there was also one around business improvement, wasn't there? Can you remember what you thought initially of this idea of hiring your CEO brain? Oh yeah, well, of course, because that's where it all started, didn't it? So we'd been playing with some of this and I was starting to think about what possibilities could be. And I think, um, you know, I'm a big believer in timing, but also I think you've got to be ready and make space for the next step to come. See, I can say that now after I've been your client for 18 months, Nikki, at the time (laughs) I could never have seen that. (laughs) But I think at the same time we were playing with, you know, what could it be? And And I remember talking to you about how passionate I was about actually helping businesses and leaders. And if I actually, again, through, I think the work that we were doing together, you know, I'd I'd started to actually really see where I was using my strengths because I think before really I started to talk to you, and again, it might sound strange to the listeners given, I guess, all the things I've done, but I found it really hard to articulate what it is or how I got results. So I, I instinctively knew that I could get results and I was constantly promoted and put into different opportunities, but I'd never really taken a step back and articulated that or thought about what it was I was doing that actually made something happen. And so we were having kind of all, so it was all, all of that as well. And I remember we were talking about the fact that I, I loved unlocking talent in people and you can't see me, but my hands are waving around passionately, as you can imagine, as I speak about it even now. You know, we were talking about what did I love and I love unlocking talent and I hate seeing, you know, really talented people not being able to succeed. And then we were talking about the fact that my career, if I looked back, I'd actually been always thrown into businesses or teams that weren't working well. They were either dysfunctional or maybe going backwards or a growth story, but there was something that required catalyst or or, or, or or something that I brought to the table to put the right team together. So when we were talking about mini experiments, and I remember talking to you about that, and then at the same time, I think I had a dinner 
dinner with a, a very dear girlfriend of mine who's an on, a very successful entrepreneur. And I remember she, she asked me a question or said something and I gave her this answer, just do this. And I remember she said to me, I so wish I could have you. I wish I could afford you. She said, I wish I could afford your corporate salary in my business. I really need someone like you. And I remember saying to her, well, no, you don't actually need someone like me full time. You actually just need someone like me to come in and come out and use as a bit of a sounding board and get your vision and strategy right, but you don't need me full time. And so that's basically where it came. I think we started to talk about, you know, hi, my CEO brain is what we called it. And of course that then morphed into this concept of being a virtual CEO for businesses. So that's basically where we got that brainwave from. And beautifully matched your wine, matched your strengths. And Mm. what I hope people listening in here is from little things, big things grow, because now this is officially Alex's business. So why don't you tell us what you've created? Yeah, it's really exciting. So I've got my own business and I'm working with my dream clients. So I, I work with small to medium businesses and I basically work with them on getting clarity of vision and purpose, which then translates into putting a strategy and basically a blueprint for their, their business in place. And I'm also doing a lot of work with leaders, which I'm actually really enjoying because I guess that's also my lived experience when I, particularly when I speak to not just women, but, but it seems to be mainly female leaders who are saying, you know, I've just got a job by fluke or it's luck or I'm not sure what to do next. Of course, I totally resonate with that. But I think for, for the entrepreneurs that I'm working with, I'm actually really loving it because I'm finding that I can really apply my learnings from, I guess, big business and a corporate career and really making them bite-sized chunks to actually get something really clear for these business owners. And of course, like all of us humans, it's really hard to be the objective sounding board for your own self. So I'm finding that my clients are really appreciating having that sounding board and that that moment of clarity. So yes, I it's now, it's real. I've got a website and everything and an ABN. <laughs> It's like I'm a a grown-up self-employed person now. I've got clients, I know. It's really exciting. And I think for those of you listening as well, Nikki probably won't say, but she managed to get me out of that corporate role and then first baby steps to could this be a reality. And then this year, we've still kept working together because I really buy into the concept of small steps. But just because I believe doesn't mean that I still haven't had lots of moments where I've said, Nikki, I haven't dominated globally yet and it's been three months. Why isn't this working? So, uh, Nikki, thank you for still being a massive cheerleader for me uh, in the last six or seven months as well as I really start this next journey as well. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, when you've got the strategic thinking strength, it's hard to break things down into smaller Mm -hmm. chunks and it's harder to make smaller milestones. And I think one of the key things I've taught Alex is what would you tell your friend in the same situation? Mm -hmm. We are so much more compassionate to our best friend than we are to ourselves. Or what would you tell a client in the same situation? And so that's worked really well, hasn't it? But it just goes to show we need a team, everyone. Team makes it much more fun, honestly, to either navigate career development or a career change or starting a business. We need a team. Just makes it much easier and much more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing too is you, when you're transitioning out of work and into a business, then there's two or three transitions going on. And I know from my counseling clinical background, there's a lot of invisible stress that goes along with that. So it's also good to have your support person, mentor, friend, or cheerleader in your corner for that time too, because that imposter self doubting mind is going to go berserk at times. 
Alex has got a few areas of specialism and I want to share, want her to share with you perhaps top three hints from your experience on the stage recently. Um, Alex has been talking at women in leadership conferences about her journey in leading herself and other people. I mean, have there been kind of three popular areas from that that you want to talk about or three hints? Yeah. So I think the biggest one I'm finding that's really resonating with audiences and as context, I mean, these are quite medium to, to really senior leaders in corporate roles of all shapes and sizes and the thing that I, I talk a lot about is that when you when you're leading teams or you're leading through change or whatever that might be the actual first thing you need to do is to be able to lead yourself so my, my and what I mean by that and probably the three biggest tips or themes that I talk about are one you've got to really understand what's going on between your own ears and really understand what your zone of genius is. And Nikki, you and I talk about the zone of genius and we know that someone said it and it's brilliant. So I didn't invent that term, but I love it. But it's really capitalising on your strengths and actually knowing what you do when you are, that's giving you energy and passion and that you're in the zone. And of course, once you know that, then it actually helps you to build the right team around you. You can stop annoying your staff. There's a whole piece around knowing that zone of genius and just staying in that, which actually then leads into the second top tip that I have. And, and as I say to anyone I present to, I'm giving you all these tips through learned experience of where I've not followed my own advice, where I've made mistakes and all the rest of it. But the second tip would be absolutely is that you don't have to have all the answers and you don't have to do all the work. And I think this is a thing particularly with leaders, but it is equally relevant to business owners, absolutely so, is that we have this want as humans, I think we kind of roll up our sleeves and think we need to do everything. And whether it's because we think that's being accountable or responsible or helping out the team or just focusing on tasks because it's easier than thinking about bigger things. Like there's a whole range of issues in there, but I've just found that being a leader especially is not about the doing. It's actually about, which leads into the third point, which is about creating an environment that actually sets you up for success. And and all these, those three things, I mean, that absolutely is valid for a business owner who's starting out or a, a business that's got 50 staff or a new leader in a new team, anyone really, is that until you actually know what you're amazing at, that zone of genius, until you realise that your role as the leader of whatever that team or business is, is not to be doing tasks and that the third one is that that getting that environment that sets you up for success so I think it's almost Nikki you know you know you when you were saying earlier about the advice you gave to me about actually know your strategic thinking when do you do that well I do that in the morning set your own environment up so you're actually at your best because once you do those three things you can then do it for those around you and for your team but until you know that about yourself it's very hard to have that self-awareness to actually flourish yeah I love that Alex it's Fantastic top three hints and you're exactly right. Works for business owners, works for employees and leaders all rounds. We've also had a, quite a few chats and we think we need to do some Facebook lives on this topic, which is around environmental fit. It's typically when I think something doesn't, something's not right at work, we tend to look to ourselves first and think there's something wrong with us. And I just want to hear Alex's view on this because it's really fascinating. So I always say to clients, hang on a sec, there's probably not a good role best fit going on. There's something wrong either with your role or the environment, but it's been a while since I've worked in big corporate. So Alex, can you give us your take on the environmental fit question? 
Yes, and you're right. We do need to do, I think we have a, a series that we need to plan on this because I, <laughs> I think we both get animated and it's great because we're, yeah, from different angles, I guess. But look, I think what gets me really fired up about this, particularly when I think of corporates and, and look, obviously there's, there's a generalisation here because there's always exceptions to the rule and all that sort of thing. But what I found, and I think a lot of this stems from some feedback I got along the way. And one of my, my performance feedbacks that I was too action oriented and I moved too fast and I, and I basically got too much stuff done. And that was basically making other people feel insecure. So when I think about environment and you kind of think, hang on, how can that be right? And, and the thing I see in corporates as well is that there's a lot of talk as there should be about diversity and inclusiveness and, and, you know, flexibility in the workforce and all these sort of things. And I think the thing that makes me really quite cross is that you can't say that on one hand, but then attract talented people who are have individual strengths but then make them conform to culture or a bureaucracy or a certain way of doing things the reason why that makes me so cross is that i think we talk a lot from a, with a corporate hat on leaders of corporates talk a lot about wanting to attract talent and retain talent and ask questions like you know why why don't we innovate more you know what, what's going on where are all the ideas and and the simple answer is that we basically crush the life out of people who do things differently in corporates and i don't think that's deliberate i just think that the machine rolls on and rolls over people who don't really fit the norm. And look, let's face it, I mean, there's a whole other thing here which we can touch on another time about the outdatedness of hierarchy and bureaucratic organisations and just the way, you know, titles and roles and, and the whole thing. But but I, I think there's something around there, Nikki, around the environment is that I'd say to individuals out there who are listening and have maybe got feedback that hasn't made them feel great or that they're not doing the right thing. And I think there's a lot there about, you're right, not a good fit perhaps around culture. And I'd also say to people who are listening who no doubt lead teams themselves is that this is where you've got to really reflect on how you make this environment for success for, for individuals in your team that don't necessarily fit the norm but are massively value-adding to your organisation if you just give them that room to breathe. Yes, yes, yes. So if you want to explore strengths either for yourself or your team, there's a free strengths guide if you go to www.nikkismith.net.au strengths guide, S-T-R-E-N-G-T-H-S-G-U-I-D-E. And so speaking of strengths, let's now chat about Alex's top five strengths. What are they, Alex? Do you know, I'm actually reading them from my fabulous personalised mug that you gave me. So I always know what I've got. So they're strategic, individualisation, activator, ideation and arranger. So strategic thinking is what it sounds like, being able to look into the future and see patterns, themes and ideas. Individualisation is bringing out the unique qualities in people. What's next? Activator, getting things done. Ideation, seeing the connections between ideas where often other people don't. And arranger. A loving arranging people and resources. So really powerful strengths. So what are you doing in your business now to leverage or dial up your strengths? Yeah, and I think, see, this is where it's funny when, it, when it, it's great when a plan comes together. So you probably saw this far sooner than I did. But what I'm finding I'm doing now, because I'm working with entrepreneurs and leaders, 
And I knew from the start, I remember people kept saying to me when, when I came up with this business and what I wanted to do, and it's true that you need to have a niche. Absolutely, I agree with that. But people kept trying to get me to, to pinpoint what sector or what industry or you know what type of business owner. And I knew instinctively that what I did actually didn't matter whether someone was an engineer or a teacher or a, or a fintech startup or it, it didn't matter. And I guess this is what's playing to my strengths now is that because the strategic in me I can absolutely see big picture vision. So that is definitely my strength. I'm not a process person. I'm not someone who actually looks at the detail as such, but I can speak to a business owner or, or a leader of a team or anyone really and ask them questions so that I can actually very clearly see the vision of where they could be or the possibilities for, for whatever it is they're trying to do. But that also, I think the thing that I love about that, so I love that visioning, but I, that individualization strength of mine, which is that second one, is something I've really known about myself. I just never knew what to call it in that I love the fact that is I'm not going in and giving anyone answers. And it was funny at the start of this business journey, I think I said to you, but all I'm doing is asking questions like, why would anyone pay me for that? But what I now see is that I ask the right questions at the right time that are actually helping fire off light bulb moments in the the heads of, of my clients. And I love that because it means that every single person I speak to, there is a different end result. I've just painted a picture of what could be and then asked a lot of questions. So that really plays to that strength. And of course, seeing those connections between ideas, what I'm finding is where I'm really playing to my strengths now is again, uh, and look, I'm the same, you know, I, I have probably three or four people that I would call coaches, mentors, and very big believer in paying people to help me because I can't see this objectively for myself. But what I can help other people do is really listen to everything that they're downloading to me and, and connect the dots about you know what they could do or, or help them get there. And of course, for me, the arranger and activator, well, yeah, so I've always been a get shit done sort of person, if I can put it that way. So I love that can see results for people quickly and of course a ranger is really playing out for me more so I think probably well actually probably both in the small business and the team space in that I can then see what's needed to make this a reality so as a quick example what that looks like for say my entrepreneurial clients is that I can go through this process with them they can have that light bulb moment of what they need to do next and then the result is that for me they get this blueprint of actually right these are the experts you need or this is a specialist or this is how you turn this into a plan so I think that's the arranger in me going "Mm, who's the right group of people resources environment to actually make this a reality so it's pretty cool actually. It's so amazing to hear you talk about it in that way at this stage, so X number of months in the business. It's so fun to hear you talk about that. Asking the right question at the right time is invaluable. Like it's priceless, but also you do come up with ideas as well. I felt like you underemphasized that. You definitely come up with ideas. So when you're starting a business, you need case studies, right? And so I put up my hand, who wouldn't, right? Uh, You absolutely generated new ideas, but also with an incredible process. So I'm now hiring Alex as my virtual CEO because the (laughs) blueprint is amazing. Getting your vision sorted is amazing. But also the other thing I realized is I love being conscious of the mental load on myself and on my clients. And I love adding people to my team so that I don't have 100% of the mental load, which I feel like I almost do at the moment. So that's a really powerful consequence, I think, of adding people to your team as well. Yes, very cool. 
So I've talked about partnering up with someone who has the strength that I need. So I've got the ideation strength, but not the strategic thinking strength. And as Alex said, it's hard to do all the strategic thinking for your own business. So that's how I've managed one of my weaknesses to partner up with her strength. What's one of your weaknesses, Alex, that you're partnering up with someone else? Well, I'm partnering up all over the place. And I think like you, I'm loving the collaboration. That's my whole model. So I've got, well, there's a couple, but a couple of your clients. So I'm definitely talking to Minna from Social Media Tribe about that strategy around, you know, social media and doing all that. So that is not one of my strengths. It actually makes me feel really stressed about actually getting that in place. Another one of your lovely clients, Kate Reardon. So we're just trying to pin down a time because she's processed genius so it was brilliant when you introduced us because I remember she said to me oh my god you're the architect and I'm the builder and I just loved how she put that because it's so true like she is the way she described what she does is she said you know I don't want to actually do the big vision but tell me to speak on a topic that I can't pronounce today and in a month I'll be able to do it because I can work. That's how I think. I break down steps. So definitely I need her from that process perspective. I think there's another one of your clients, Nikki, who I haven't spoken to yet who actually takes everything that can take everything in my head and actually make that into an online course and structure it that way. I definitely partner with you more and more on different things and I've got an assistant as well who does all the admin and and all that detail work for me more and more. So look, I, I think it's massively important because if you take your own advice and actually just be in that zone of genius, it's really easy, I think, for anyone listening. When And again, whether you're a leader and you feel like you've got to do it all or you're a business owner and you feel like you've got to do it all or you can't afford to pay someone or you're failing if you don't do it, it it's such the wrong way to think about it because the more you do in your zone of genius the more success that you'll create. That is just fact. And I think sometimes when you're in that zone of going, I can't, I need to do it all, you actually need someone else to go, no, you need to outsource some stuff. So I think that's probably my most valuable piece of of advice for anyone listening. And I do live by it. And I remember, I think I said to you probably a couple of months ago, if that, oh my God, I've just had an epiphany. It's, I know why now I feel like I'm in the fifth circle of hell some nights. And it was when I think I said to you, Oh my God. So these are my strengths. And what am I doing at the moment building this business? I'm sitting by myself in my home office with way too much time inside my own head, grappling with how to take everything in my head and make it into a process, a product, a this, that, and the other, and do all the admin and logistics, which is actually the opposite of the environment that I thrive in. Exactly. Yeah, that was fun. Right. (laughs) podcast interviews get on stage let's go right but you know when, when you're in it and look and you know and I'm sure you're the same you, you have to keep reminding yourself even though you know because it's when when you're in the detail it's really hard to get yourself out so I think to anyone you know do not underestimate the value of cheerleaders team collaboration and just keep coming back if you're feeling stressed or exhausted or it's not feeling how you thought it would the thing that I now understand is that it's because you're actually not in this zone with this with your strengths and you're doing probably a heap of stuff that isn't your strength and it's feeling really hard I used to think it had to feel like that, but now I realise that it doesn't, which is incredibly liberating. Such a beautiful epiphany to have, isn't Mm. it, that work can actually be easeful and you can be in flow. And by the way, getting to know your strengths is like layers of an onion. There are layers to this. And you would laugh at me. I seem to do this every quarter before my best statement. I do have a book (laughs) 
I have to outsource it. It's so detailed, but I do do some of the prep and I could do, I could do the prep one hour every three weeks or something over the quarter. And I probably wouldn't even notice it, but naturally I do tend to leave it to the last Mm -hmm. month. Do have to do three, four hours in a day. And you should see my face after those three, four hours. And that's exactly what not working to your strengths looks and feels like. I think best statements make a lot of people angry. And I also have a bookkeeper and an accountant because my time is better spent elsewhere and as is yours. Exactly. And I love that you're practicing what you preach to other people. It's so Mm. good And, and relatively early in the business as well, which is fantastic. So up next, what is a recurring negative belief or self-talk that you've had and you're learning to overcome? For me, it'll be something along the theme of I'm not good enough or I'm not successful enough or it's not going to work or probably some of that imposter syndrome of, well, I've had this 25 years in corporate. I've reached probably bigger jobs than most people ever do. But gosh, now that's no proof that I'm going to succeed now. So that's my recurring internal narrative. And I, and I think, look, I'm definitely improving. I mean, like all these things, certainly no one listening should think you just realise that's what you're doing and then it goes away. Like anything, it's this self-awareness piece where you need sort of tools and people around you that are actually going to help you work through that. And I find that I believe it less and less is the way I describe that. And I think it's a very real thing, right? Because if you keep telling yourself that you're not good enough or it's not enough or expecting more... And I think this comes back to probably what I said earlier because I'm big picture and I and I like to achieve and I'm not compassionate with myself though I'm getting better jokes aside that's very real me thinking that three months in business my website wasn't even up you know why haven't I made you know all this money in revenue therefore I'm, I'm going to fail that is the sort of stuff that paralyzes you and can stop you from actually progressing so the thing that I'm really learning to do is to yeah take my own advice have the right people around me and again Nikki like you know you know I've talked about this a lot and as you pointed out to me I'm looking for proof which is really hard when you're building a business from scratch got to look for proof or or ways to kind of take the next step in in smaller chunks so I'm doing that but it, it definitely is a work in progress and I'm learning to set smaller goals which of course mean you achieve them which gives you confidence and momentum so you do the next one and you get more momentum it is universal having a self-doubting thought around I'm not good enough in whatever guise it comes out as. And I think certainly we added to your toolkit, didn't we, Alex, about dialing that down? But I said in the end, I think you need evidence. You know, you've had such big scorecards in your previous roles. I think you need hardcore evidence to believe it. And that's why I really believe with an, a new venture, please get that practical evidence as soon as possible. Don't wait until what you're offering is perfect to start doing case studies or pilots or launch specials or do it with friends, do it with your mum, do it with your cat. You know, just start because, I mean, I'm a psychologist. I know that there's lots of ways we can master our mindset, but I I love how behavioral evidence is convincing. (laughs) I've actually done it. You know, Alex, you've actually done it and you've actually helped someone and they have thanked you. And in fact, they've raved about you and that's evidence. That's so important. So yes, I, I couldn't agree more to everyone who's listening to this. Just do it and just do something small. So it's funny now, it's actually awesome, is that I actually now think in mini experiments. So, so you've got me and it's cool. So you're urging, you know, I did a lot of case studies and just stuff for free to actually exactly what you're saying to test. And of course, the minute you do that and someone goes, oh my God, that was an amazing conversation. Then you go, oh, 
actually I can add value to people. Right, okay. And then you do the next one. So I'm with you. I think the worst thing that people, a lot of people will do is to do what I was saying before is just to pull yourself up in a home office by yourself and come up with reams and reams of paper and thinking and process and still not know if a human being out there ever will pay for it. Exactly. Or look for more qualifications or certifications. I see and hear that all the time. I was chatting to a beautiful friend, Liv Downing, who's also appeared on this podcast about it. She's amazed. She's got a couple of friends at the moment saying they're going to do another qualification. She said, hang on a second. Let's look at what you've already got. Mm. Um, If you've got the learning strength, then you will probably thrive by going into a learning setting again, but just make sure that you actually need it (laughs) or just do it for the joy of it, but make sure it's really powerful for you. Of course, in all this, I mean, you're putting yourself out there, as you know, Nikki, and I remember being just so surprised because I thought that I'd always had a very strong sense of myself and who I was and that I wasn't just tied to a corporate brand, but actually going from a corporate where you introduce yourself by a title and a name and I do this to actually doing something yourself that doesn't really exist yet and you're kind of still working it out, I found incredibly confronting because you doubt what it is that you're doing and, and all those things that we're talking about. So you, you do procrastinate, you put off because you're not sure if someone will actually appreciate or, you know, want to buy all, all those self-doubting things. So doing it this way is actually really powerful. Brilliant. So it's time to set a mini experiment or mini challenge. What's yours today, Alex? Well, I would really love to probably. So for those of you who are listening that you're actually toying with something similar to where I was in terms of a corporate career and actually thinking that you'd like to go out on your own or or that you've thought about for years that you would end up being self-employed, which is what I did. I'd love you to really start to think about just one thing, how you add value in your current corporate environment and how that potentially could translate to being self-employed and literally just take that one really small idea it doesn't have to be big and then pick three, four, five people and actually just mini experiment with them. So just to test whether it's something that someone would want, because I think that that was massively helpful for me. And I think for others who are listening who might be employees and maybe leaders or aspiring leaders or or looking at how you can actually carve out your niche in your own career, I'd probably say I want you to get really clear on what it is that you do when you are in your zone of genius. And I've got a really simple process for doing this. And it's basically I want you to write a list of everything that you do. So imagine a list of A, B, C. Column A is everything that you do that gives you energy, keeps you really motivated, that people ask you to do more of, that you want to do more of, that you wish you could spend most of your time doing. In column B, I want you to put down a list of things that you don't hate, but they don't bring you joy or energy, but you tolerate. So for Nikki, that could be bad statements, but that might be in another column for you. But the things that you have to do right now, like in corporate land, it might be meetings or whatever, but make a list of all the things that you'd love to not have to do in the future. And then your final column is the things that really drive you nuts, that you hate doing, that really drain your energy, that make you grumpy, cross, tired, all those sort of things. It's such a simple thing if you imagine those three columns and don't limit your thinking about, well, that's not possible right now. 
But just think about how you could start moving things out of column C and out of column B and spend more and more of your time in column A. And yes, that does take time, but you'll find that you start to look for possibilities of how you could do that and also what you could actually get off your plate or delegate. Because I guarantee is that for every one of you that actually has doing meetings or board reports in column C, you'll have someone in your team who actually has that in column A. So hopefully that wasn't too lengthy, Nikki, but I reckon that's a really powerful powerful mini experiment that one no I love it because people can tackle it in an hour or actually give themselves a few hours to do that and then all say oh I'm going to do this with my team so what I love is choose your own adventure spend one hour on one of those challenges and naturally if you want to spend more time that is simply brilliant fantastic challenges now uh, how can people connect with you because you offer leadership programs virtual CEO services you speak on stage how can they find you you can find me at my website, which is www.alextulio.com. You can also find me on obviously all the socials, so Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at, at alextuliosulting.com. Perfect. Thanks again for joining us today and bye for now. Ciao. Thanks for listening. Two things I'd like to mention. Firstly, if you're keen to boost your happiness at work, then head on over to www.nikkismith.net.au, which is N-I-K-K-I-S-M-I-T-H.net.au and sign up for your starter kit. I share tips in there that are easy to implement and are pure gold. Secondly, if you crave a new work role and have no idea what to do, or lots of ideas but don't know where to start, then head on over and check out the 7-Step Career Change online program. This is an awesome system I use to help people create their dream life best fit role, which is a role that matches their strengths, interests and lifestyle needs. It will move you from feeling fed up, unsure and unconfident to clear, inspired and motivated in six weeks. Plus, if you want to hear more stories like this one, please subscribe and spread the word. Till next time.